You are now listening to Castle Black, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the realms. Castle Black is created by the For All Nerds team and is hosted by DJ Ben-Amin, Tatiana Keen-Jones, and Portia Patterson. Our show is edited and produced by DJ Ben-Amin. Castle Black by For All Nerds is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, website, and more are independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. And what's up and welcome to another episode of Castle Black, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the land. And as always, it's your boy, DJ ben Amin, a.k.a. Recon's Redemption, a.k.a. A Man Has No Shame, a.k.a. <laughs> Benjamin's Rice and Peas, here at Castle Black, like I said before, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the land, with the Captain Kirk dramatic pauses. And as always, I'm joined by... Tatiana King-Jones, a.k.a. Toffee Baratheon, a.k.a. A Girl Has No Other Nicknames. Here in the spaceship. <laughs> Brilliant. 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 A man has no shame. A girl has no other nicknames. A girl has no name. Speech. No, no nicknames. <laughs> no other nicknames. Literally, I can't come up with nothing else right now. <laughs> A girl has no other names. Yeah. Ah, yes. there we go. There we go. And in the third chair, we have... Portia Patterson Hurst, aka the Maester of Disguise, aka the Three-Eyed Ravenclaw, <laughs> aka Lady Mary Jane of wow. High Garden. Oh, wow. wow, that was sick! Someone came prepared tonight. Yeah. I see. <laughs> well, you know. Yes, I'm feeling inadequate as we kick off our season two review of. Game of Thrones. I almost said Castle Black. Like, that's the name of the show. You know? It is another episode of Castle Black, though. If we were being real, real about it. Yes, it is. I mean, we we are talking about Game of Thrones through our lens. Mm-hmm. The black lens. If you didn't figure exactly. it out already. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you for everyone who checked into our return to Castle Black. We covered the first season last week. You can still check that on the SoundCloud, on iTunes, on all those different places. Make sure you're subscribed, leave a comment, leave a rating, a thank you, anything. You know, send us some letters to Castle Black at contact mm-hmm. at forallnerds.com. You know, we're taking all that. You can hit us on the Twitter at Castle Black Pod. And, you know, speaking of the Twitter, Castle Black Pod, we ran a poll, you know, after we covered season one. We had to run yep. a poll to see who were the winners and losers mm-hmm. of but season one. Uno. I saw them polls and the responses they were getting was a mess. A hot. Some hot. of those questions were a bit questionable. I mean, wow. I mean, that's what Castle Black, what, what the Castle Black Twitter is all about, to be questionable. I mean, <laughs> there was a naked-ass picture of, of Danny and John. So, I mean, look, it's all fair in love and war, man. It all goes down in the Twitter. Yeah, man. Well, the Twitter streets. But, Portia, why did you feel that some of these questions were... Uh... 
questionable. <laughs> yeah. They were uh, the one about the kids. I mean, are we just going to go in on them? Because I mean, I mean, I mean I don't go in on them. Don't listen. <laughs> I forgot Rickon existed. How about that? <laughs> Hell yeah, we're going to get on these dumbass kids. Let's go. Fuck them kids. Let me tell you how I have a kid. <laughs> Dumb Let me ass. tell you how I was watching one of the episodes for this, preparing for this show, and Rickon was literally sitting at the table, <laughs> hitting yeah. nuts Crushing with a nuts. rock, and I was like, <laughs> "What an idiot! Like, just useless so goat." Yo, 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 hold on, hold on. Don't hate on that man. That man got paid a big check to sit there at the table and crush nuts with a rock. Yo, shout out, shout out to Jantastic who wrote, I was done with Rickon's ass when he named that damn wolf Shaggy Dog. Superfluous weirdo. He is weirdo. To be fair, he's like four in the book, so he really does not have any words. Like he only has like dog and shaggy, so it makes sense. But for them to age up the kids, it just really comes off super weird. Mm-mm. And we got to stop. You know, I, I know we can compare him to the books all day, but especially in season two, and as we get further, there's going to be some real discrepancies there. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like. You, you know, no, Recon is not four on the show. Basically, the name of his dog, then, like, it makes him sound like he does not know words. And that's what it's legit for a four year old, but it's not when you're like eight. Like, I just. Listen, Portia. They can play that better. <laughs> listen, 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 Portia. At the end of the day, there is no reason for the amount of dumbassery coming from Recon Stark. So. And we'll get we'll get very deep into his dumb mastery as the seasons go on, but let's let's get it, man. I tried. I'm, okay, I tried. okay. Back to this poll. First up, we had the Lannisters, and Cersei came out the winner. Tyrion came in second. Tywin third. So the question. So the poll was about which uh, which of these incestuous ingrates are the winners of season one. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying Cersei won. Cersei won by forty two percent. With a yes, with trailing not that far, but kind of far by Tyrion with thirty two percent. Interesting. And, and then, then Tywin, like you said, nineteen percent. And then J- Jamie wasn't even close; he got seven percent. But this, well, yeah, this is hurts. season one. He did take several L's. Isn't this when the whole hand situation <laughs> happened? So I mean, no, no, I, no, 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 no. Don't, oh, don't jump oh ahead. sorry, oh damn. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> they all play together, it though. Of, it ain't that much of a spoiler. It ain't that much of a spoiler. I just yeah. said situation. Um. Yeah, that hurt, though. I, I, I was really expecting... I mean, you know, I expected Cersei to take the win, as she should in every season, but, you know. So w- what is it that makes Cersei the winner in you guys' eyes? Or do you even agree with this? the results of this poll? Portia? I do not agree. <laughs> just immediately no <laughs> why not no uh let's see so i think technically cersei is the one no because technically cersei is the one who has the best has the best cards handed to her okay. um by the time the first season ends like your teeth, man. Go ahead. but uh Tyrion. Um, because his dad made him hand and he's coming to King's Landing and um, going to push against her power. Right. 
And because he's a man, he's able to do that in a way that she resents and never really can, can, even if he's like not even that highly respected and he's smarter about being strategic. Right. I think Tyrion is the real, like he's poised to be the winner and is actually the winner towards the end of the season because he kind of has a better grasp of what's going on than Cersei does. I have to agree with you. As far as season two is concerned, Tyrion's definitely the winner. He came into his power, as you mentioned, being granted, you know, the power of the hand, if you will. And he was able to assert that power and literally make things happen to. Oh, but but that's that's still season two. We're talking season season one. But that's what I'm saying. Season one, he ends where he's poised. He's poised. Yeah, but this episode, we're talking about season two. And I'm just saying that within this season, he's winning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the season we're talking about. Uh, all right, all right. So we just we just don't ignore the results of this okay, poll. Okay, what do you think say? You know, I feel y'all, but you know, you know, as always, you know, I'm gonna go with Cersei. That's your girl, you know, though. The, you bias. I mean, you know, I really want Jamie to take more votes, but you know, as we move through, we're gonna get right into season two. You know, because we talked about season one already. You can follow, you know, the Castle Black Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. And you know, can check out the rest of this poll. Joffrey, one of the, the Lannister kids. Daenerys took it from her crew. That was pretty easy, especially since Cal Drogo, you know, and I Viserys. Did. I actually voted for him. You know, 1%. Um, yeah. Wait, say that again? <laughs> Wait. I said, say that again. I said I was actually the one person who voted for Viserys in wow. the poll. Oh my god, that's where the two percent came from. No, one percent, one percent. We, Lord. you know, we talked about it last week. He got his golden crown, and that was a big moment for him. So, <laughs> you know. That makes sense. That make him a winner. Shady. <laughs> that doesn't make him a winner. I enjoy the shade of it, though. I really do. I truly enjoy the shade. Ooh, while we're being shady about Viserys. Yes. I want everyone to keep their eyes peeled for that disgusting wig to reappear mm. um, in season six or se- no seven. Watch for that wig to reappear in season seven. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, let's just get on into season two. You know, we did season one last week. Make sure you go check that out if you haven't heard already. You know, Tatiana is already alluding to the fact that Tyrion made some boss moves this season, which he did. But before we get into that, we did have some new people coming into play, some new families, new new mm-hmm. factions. And uh, who were they? Um, this season we had, well, we, we really had the phrase, right? Oh, Lord Jesus. We, oh, God. But, but the big ones are the Tyrells and... Brianna Tarth. Greyjoys. The Grey, yeah, the Tyrells and the Greyjoys. Greyjoys in terms of family. But you also got a lot of amazing, you know, standalone characters as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like Stannis's whole crew. Um, oh. Stannis's whole crew is a whole thing. Like Stannis mm-hmm. has uh, Davos, Melisandre, uh, and like his. It's funny who his strange bedfellows are in comparison to his brother Roberts and uh, his brother Rinley's. Mm-hmm. I. One of one of my favorite characters in Great Game of Thrones, just period, is Brianna Tarth, and you, she makes her mm. her debut appearance in this season. So, you know, just off jumped, I fucked with her. And how, how could you not? I mean, Brianna is just one of the best characters in this show. Uh, just 
incredible. And I've been already watching season three again, and she bosses up even more on that one. But even like from her very gate intro in this one, it's just like amazing character, dope as all hell. Um, but you were just talking about the Stannises and Renly and his old crew. Uh, what is it, Sor Lorius? Um, Lorthas? <laughs> I can't. I can so I, I, I believe Iron Fist, that Tatiana you know. likes to call him Coachella Fist. Yes. Um, but before yes. he was Coachella yes. Fist, he was uh, yes. Sor Loris Tyrell on Game of Thrones. Loris. Um, what a and- moron. <laughs> I mean. And Sir Loris, he's not he's that not, bad. But like know. the character of Sir Loris, and like even the actor in this in this role, I didn't hate it. it I didn't hate it because I didn't see the, the the ridiculousness to come. But I he, he I didn't care about him whatsoever. I was like, all right, get this curly head and it got my face. Like I don't care. <laughs> I actually like Loris. I like the um Renly. I love uh, God Tyrell. Um, I can't remember. Marjorie, yes, a scandalous ass. You know, oh, that, so scandalous. I, I'm so seeing a pattern with, with the women you, on the show that you like, Ben. I mean, they're all scandalous. Mm-hmm. They're all shifty. People keep talking about it. It's called Game of Thrones. You know, it's like you gotta play <laughs> the game. Y'all be out here rooting for suckers who don't know how to play. You know, y'all be rooting for people who want to play a you know stip when I got to draw four. It's like nah, <laughs> you know, it's not the game. Wow. You know? <laughs> no, you know what? You're wrong because the people I deal with end up being those people who got the writing unos you know the new school uno where you could write pick up the whole deck nigga. <laughs> the people i mess with in game of thrones so excuse you uh we shall see we shall see wow. but 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 back up you know i'm i'm you know she may be scandalous and all that but i still fucks with the tyrells because to mm-hmm. your point that's a big family that knows how to play the game and my number one is olena tyrell mm-hmm. number one original gangster i understand but i gotta mention i, know, I yes. get it i will mention for the person we haven't met yet all right but also this season you know i mean this season okay now i talked about this last week how season one was just like absolutely so sick one of the best seasons in television to me i don't feel the same way about season two I don't feel as strongly as everyone else. I've been reading some reviews of it online and stuff where people are like, especially regarding Daenerys' character, people are like, yo, it just went off the rails in season two. I didn't really feel that. Maybe because I kind of binged through it again and I was just like, okay. But Daenerys' whole arc this season involves her going to, where is it? Quarth? Quarth. Quarth. Yeah. I love, I love how they dissed her when she got to the door and was like, no, it's pronounced like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, it's pronounced fa, not fo. <laughs> and I love their outfits, you know, the 13, I think they were called, mm-hmm. the leaders of Carth, mm-hmm. who had, the, they had like. The council, the council of 13, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're like butterflies or something on their vest. Portia, do you know more about that? Is that explained I more in the book? I haven't read that book in a second, but it I feel like the designs on their clothing differs by it's like um Westeros and that it differs by like house slash faction. Um so mm-hmm, yeah. I would literally have to like pull up the pages and tell you what the differences were for each of the thirteen, and I just can't do that for my memory. And it's really not that serious. <laughs> <Mind> me. <laughs> 
<laughs> this reminds me of some Kingdom Hearts shit. Like, you know, Organization 13 shows up at the gates. And they, you know, basically Daenerys' whole plot this season is spinning cards, you know, trying to get an army, raise people who to go back to Westeros, blah, blah, blah. And it's the whole season is there. And so I understand why some people had a problem with it. I didn't really, you know, mind it that much. I mean, she did get kind of like lightweight disrespected during during her entire stay in in Carthage. Um, I think this is, there's two different components to this. One, this is whenever the show was still trying to use the same pacing as the books, as if perhaps uh, George R. R. Martin would be able to keep keep up and release his books in time for us to have the <laughs> actual, you know, canon in the show for all the seasons. Um, so it was it was good that it was still in the part where it was still kind of saying loyal to what was actually written but it was deviating just slightly. And the other thing that mm-hmm. I think season two has um, that recommends it is that like they, they show like for Daenerys's track, um, it shows why the whole crest of the Targaryens and her brother in particular is just so kind of ridiculous in a way, because it's like, you literally are trying to take mm-hmm. a stronghold that is like, or like a, group of people who are all about riding horses across the sea to a land where nobody even cares about you they don't care about the people Mm -hmm. you're bringing they don't care about any of the things your dragons are Mm -hmm. baby dragons so nobody even respects you like that right now and you're going to come into this um desert kingdom and then try to come through like you can run everything and that you you demand ships and you want ships and it's like who's going to believe in you so I think this season for Daenerys does a really good job of showing like she ain't all that. She needs to get it together and she needs to see that for herself. All right. Did her not white supremacy yet. not work? Not quite yet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> not quite yet, but she did meet the first or one of the first black people or our brown people, whatever you want to say that we meet on the show who mm. basically games her throughout the whole season and promises her a bunch of nothing that he can't deliver and then gets dispatched think- by the end of the season. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Are you talking about, wait, are we talking I about Dax? Because, like, oh, I mean, Lord. one, yes. I'm kind of, yes. I'm glad yeah. that the first time we are seeing a black character in the show, for real, um, he has somewhat of a substantial role because he's the one who's hosting her when she stays there. But, um it's also yeah. interesting that he's it also shows like how you have to be aware of the people who try to get close to you whenever you have something to like that people are, are interested in whether that be like fame or dragons it seems like it's the same thing here um because he kind of set her up because he wanted to have power um when the sorcerer is still her dragons it's like how are they able to just pop up in his house mm-hmm. and take your dragons like he, he set you up and that's why she sets him up at the end of the show mm-hmm. so she's coming into her yeah, own and she has to figure it she's like she's learning the hard way because it. she has no other choice like people are going to keep coming at her and they're going to keep trying to come get her dragons because they're too little for them to not 
be able to be captured. And I, and I loved how they set that up, you know, because uh, Daxos got in bed with the shorty who was part of her team. And she and you see it early on in the season, too, if you're paying attention. Like, the shorty is already kind of conniving and like, oh, Khaleesi, you know, isn't it nice here? You should wear the dress and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, womp, womp, she goes down with Daxos, just locked away. They steal the rest of his gold, make the come up. And, you know, that's Khaleesi's pretty much whole season. Like I said before, we also meet ugh, the people. I, I just, I, 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 I'll i be honest with y'all. I just hate the Greyjoys. Hate them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, they, they're, Portia, they're a mess. Last week, you, you said Caitlyn was useless. <laughs> and this week here, <laughs> saying Theon is useless. So, please expand on that. Expound. So, uh, let's just let's just break it down. Um, so, say you have a friend and <laughs> their family doesn't F with mm. them, but your family does. They bring your friend in. They, mm. Your friend comes to all the Thanksgiving meals, all the Christmas parties, always getting a Christmas present from your family, all the things. Now, way while like there is some kind of distance there because this friend is not your family, you know, basically family. And as far as anyone can tell, that's your best friend, and y'all are in things to win it for real. Let's mm-hmm. say that friend is like, you're like, oh, can you go talk to your dad? Help me get my business running. I know he could help me. And your friend is like, you know what? Me and my dad aren't that close, but because you're my bestie, I'm gonna go and take care of this for you. Your friend goes, talks to his dad. He says like. I don't F with you and I don't F with your friends. Figure that out on your own. I'm good. <laughs> but instead of your friend just being like, you know what? Let me tell you how my dad doesn't F with you in particular and how you might want to watch out for yourself. Your friend just is like, you know what? In order to prove myself to my dad, let me go steal from you. And oh, God. And then he just makes it worse. your siblings. How about that? Let's just kill. Let's just kill your little brothers that should be also feel like they're my little brothers. Let's do that. Ben, I agree with her. Like Theon and his harebrained schemes, like it just, it just kept backfiring. I just never seen someone take so many L's within the span of like five minutes than I've ever seen when it comes to Theon. <laughs> yeah, it isn't like with the span of five minutes because my man gets off the boat, meets his sister for the you know second, first time really, immediately tries to hit on her in one of the grossest what? scenes in the Game of Thrones history. And then gets inside. His dad sons him out, as you said, Portia. His sister's like sons him out. Everyone sons him out. Pretty much from the moment he gets on the island, just L after L after L. <laughs> you can't spell L without Why? Dion. Draw four, pick up two, draw two, draw two. He's the one that gets hit with all that. <laughs> yeah, he's the one at the end of the night. Like if it's if it's the Uno that shoots cards at people, he's the one who would always. <laughs> Somehow it always shoots on him. No one else, just him. Idiot. But you know, I, I, I he doesn't deserve what's coming to oh him in God. later seasons. But I, I personally don't think he does because I, I, he's just an idiot, and he's and to me he's in the same Rickon lane of just useless he, goats. He kind of does deserve it though because he killed two little boys. They well, yeah, the they, dark boys, but he did kill two little boys. That's okay. Thank you for reminding me. 
that never touch children. Once you do that, you're dead to me. Thank you for reminding me. He did do that shit. Oh, I mean, that's know. a Sealy curse from the kids. That's what his penis got. The Sealy curse. Never. What? What's going? What's going on, Ben? You don't agree? Never forget how Jamie Lannister leveled up Bran by pushing him out the window. You know, if he hadn't no. touched him, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, it all depends on who's touching these kids. What? According oh! to you, it's Bran. Oh no! Wow. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Like, like Jamie laid the golden hand on him before he had the golden hand. <laughs> no, Ben, you are at, that, that's so wild. And you said that that was his his superhero origin story. Like, what is wrong with you? Uh, but you know, speaking of touching kids, we also got introduced <laughs> to Craster this season. <laughs> You're just on a roll. I just right. Like, what's wrong with you? I just. Good people of Castle Black. Uh, we know not. We know not. Portia says she does not. She does not recommend listening to that. Well, I, I well, Portia, I got to give you a shout out in this write up because I love the alliteration and Craster's cruelty. But yeah, Craster's kids. It's like he got the worst telethon ever. <laughs> now, 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 Craster. Now, now, Portia, we can give everybody an understanding because I remember who this guy is very, very strongly. But can you imagine? Can you explain to everybody who Craster is? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into the British pronunciation because I think this is how it sounds to me. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Craster. Um, yes, so, so Craster is this wildling who left the wildling troops so he's not with the ones that are nomads and travel around beyond the wall he founded his own little um house and like farmyard and all that kind of stuff for whatever that looks like beyond the wall um not too far from where castle black is so in old mcdonald's farm yeah so in like so the castle black s with him to a certain extent like creaster is cool with them, like, staying the night in his barn whenever they have to come through one or two of them at a time, as long as they don't touch his daughters slash wives, because it's very incestuous up in there. Yeah. And um, on the same token, the um, Night's Watch, they don't really talk too much about what Craster does. But what Craster does is that while he has this tenuous, like, relationship with uh, Castle Black in the Night's Watch he also is making sure that the White Walkers don't come and just F up all the things that he's built right. by sacrificing every male child that is born by his daughters slash wives <sighs> he sacrifices them by like tying them up to a tree and letting the White Walkers come so he's them. keeping he's keeping together a very fragile ecosystem it sounds like yes all right. Yeah, and I wonder how that ecosystem came together. Like, you know, how did that start? Like, okay, we still have not seen any of the White Walkers talk. So how did they, you know, come up to them and be like, yo, I need your kids, son. You know, run them kids. Just the male ones, you know, <laughs> bring them question. along. I don't, like, think it's just, you know? <laughs> I don't think it's just the male ones by uh, specification of the White Walkers. It's by Craster, right? Because Craster doesn't want mm. any men to be competition for him raping and abusing his daughters and wives my yes. dude by the time them do them kids grow up your ass should be in the ground anyway yeah like, 
that's not should be where your worries at, son. You know, you should be getting some little kids around you, some little dudes around you to help you fight. Because you got them women so short, they're not going right. to help you. You know, as we see, when it went down, they were not down to help, you know. Mm. No. No. But, no. but yeah. in yeah. understanding Craster and his role in his little his little society, if you will, you get to meet Gilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Gilly, Gilly's, Gilly's a very innocent uh, but 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 later on, not as helpless character as 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 she puts on at least in the beginning. But but she's she's very scary in the beginning. I think her introduction is interesting because she's like pregnant and she's so she just but she like in her like blood she just knows that the kid is a boy, and she's like I, I cannot let my boy be sacrificed. Like I know what's going to happen and I just cannot do this. Like I have to get out of here. So mm-hmm. who does she look to for assistance? Does she look at one of the like older, more grizzled night <sighs> men? Does she look at someone who seems like he's kind of kindly, but a commander role, like, you know, the Lord, the commander of the night's watch. No, she sees Samuel Tarly and she's like, he's nice. Perhaps he can help me. No, she said, he's gullible. Let's try Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we learned later, Gilly ain't stupid, even though we we play like she was, but she's not stupid. But, like, what power did she see in Samuel? You know what I mean? Like, where, who was going to, like, who did she see Samuel? Did she ever see him talk to the the commander and be like, yeah, he's got the ear of the commander. That is going to work for me. No, she literally just saw him working along with the other brothers of the night watch so she's lucky in that samuel is so cool with john and john is like he's a you know he's a sark so he has nobility and his like everything he has to have a like a righteous like like virtue and everything so he's ready to help her out at her time of need which has consequences mind you samuel don't want no parts of the night's watch really and he's kind of walking around like a proverbial uh, mascot for the Night's Watch. All he's doing is wearing a costume. He ain't really with the shits. So for him to, for, for rather for her, Gilly, to confide in him, I was just like, wow, girl, you know, I don't know if you made a mistake or, you know, I don't know if you're the smartest person in the room or you really that damn dumb. But, like, you know, good luck to you. She was playing the luck of the draw. And she just happened to get lucky. Mm, I wonder. I don't know. I mean, I because... Pretty much none of the rest of them were going to listen to her. So True. Samwell was their best hope. But at the same time, Samwell is also yeah. damn near the most useless of them at that point. So, you know, rolling with him, she's just as likely to get killed and her son killed as, you know, staying with Craster. So, um, but I guess, yeah, luck of the draw worked out or her game, you know, figuring out which sucker was going to get down with <laughs> exactly. her. With, exactly. Which sucker. <laughs> Wow. Samuel Tarly. It's cold world. I'm sorry, now, so, I'm sorry it's a cold blooded Portia. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as we moved a little further north, we have the introduction of one of my favorites, um, Dear Egret, you know, as they say. But, um, yeah. Egret's your favorite? One of your other favorites? One of them, definitely. Egret, yeah, is, I mean, come on now. How, look, I like strong women, you know, and she is definition of it you look it up in the dictionary bam like you say you look up samuel <laughs> sucker right next to him but yeah she one of my favorite characters john snow 
meets her while rolling out with his crew, gets separated from his crew, but kind of, I feel like John wanted to get separated from his crew right away. Yeah. I I think as soon as he pulled the hoodie off Shorty and seen what he was looking at, he was like, "Hmm, this is a better move than rolling with these crows. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But that's the thing. Like, John, out of all of the Night's Watch people, like, like, Tatiana mentioned before, um, Samuel doesn't want to be there, but most of the Night's Watch don't want to be there. Like, most of them are criminals who that their penance is that they must now forever serve the Night's Watch. So, 90% of the Night's Watch does not want to be there, which is why they really have a bad turnout of turncoats and uh, people who run away. Um, So, of all the the 90% that don't want to be there, John is like, one who's like i want to be here and he was ready to forsake Mm. ever getting married ever having sex ever doing anything related to that Mm. because he was the nobility of like being a stark and uh, serving a greater purpose or whatever was what appealed to him so i don't think that it was like necessarily meeting your grit like he automatically like understood that he was attracted to her i think it was more that it was like he was, she was his responsibility and he effed up and he was like, oh, I can't, I can't go down like this. I, I definitely agree with you there. And I've been reading about Jon Snow. People say that it's really, he's one of the few characters in the show who's driven exclusively by duty. Like he doesn't really care about anything else other than duty. Mm-hmm. I will argue that my man cares about booty <laughs> almost as much as he does about duty. But that's another story. But <laughs> I also feel like he, you know, with Egret, it was one of those instant connections. When she put her head down and was like, you know, cut clean, don't be weak, you know, he felt that. Like, he yeah. felt that this woman was just like him, someone who was willing to die for what they believed in. Mm-hmm. And he also talks about being free, you know, and that's something that he wanted, and that's something that she had. Yeah. And so I think that also drove him. But I also agree with you that initially he was also chasing her down to make sure that he didn't fail his brothers. Right. And 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 I want to just to add on to that, she has the same sense of of leadership, duty and commitment to her cause or whatever that cause may be, which is right along and aligned with how John operates. So to be able to see that in essentially his his his, his mirror image, that has to be uh it may, of course maybe not right away, but that has to be uh something that that he's attracted to. Yeah, I just think that, he, like, like all the Sarks, he's oblivious to a component, and the component that he's oblivious to is his own attraction until later on. Right. The, the sins of the father. Together, the sins of the father. Think, yeah, but that first night together when they were laid up, I think his attraction was pretty evident. Uh, I mean, he greet, he greet, you know, mentioned it. So yeah, but I feel like so. But I feel like he also can like he's one of those guys who can talk and like one of those people that can talk themselves out of what they they're feeling. So he's like, I haven't seen any women in like five months. Like, man, you know, she's the first girl I've seen, and like this mm-hmm. is just what it is. Hmm. Yeah, but no, that's true <laughs> love right there. Definitely true love in real yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, congratulations to the lovely couple, yeah. right? New, yeah. I'm, not, I'm like going on their first anniversary now. Yeah. And as we move on, you know, Jamie Lannister was captured by the Starks um, and <laughs> foolish. Oh, yeah. 
you know, you would talk about being down on them kids, but back to the Star Children, Rob Stark mates, the move that he is explicitly told is the worst move of his short life. Yeah. But, I mean, I also can't be mad. He meets Talisa on the battlefield. You know, it's like with Egret and Jon Snow. It's one of those instant attractions. Someone who just has that fire in them, the same kind of feeling. You know, they just live in the same life. He gets all in his feelings and, you know, argues with his mom, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. but decides to marry her. It's one of the dumbest things. It's all like, look at me. We're going to circle back to um, Catelyn real quick because I'm going to blame her for a good chunk of this. No, you know but I will. But I will be blaming her. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the fact that Jamie Lannister is captured has is preceded by the fact that Catelyn had just captured Tyrion, had to release him. So she's there's already like a like thing of like we should catch the Lannisters and hold them accountable for your father's death. At the time that she caught Tyrion, it wasn't even about Ned. It was just um, I think Ned was imprisoned, but he wasn't dead yet. Um, and, and, and it was about Bran, like, she suspected Tyrion of, like, having tried to kill, have an assassin kill Bran. At this point, Ned's dead. The, as far as Catelyn knows, Cersei has her daughters. So, when she comes back to the camp to find that Jamie has been captured, She's like, oh, well, maybe we have a one-up. Maybe we can use this to barter and get your your sisters back. Yeah. None of the Northmen care that much about the daughters. Like, they care to an extent, but they're like, we have Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer, in our grasp. Let's murk him. He freaking, they got Ned. Why don't we just take Jamie down while we got him? For political reasons, the Starks know that that, that can't happen, but it's really hard keeping people from killing someone who's in a cage. So Jamie goads one of the Northmen to like try to like kill him. He ends up killing the Northmen instead. And now everybody wants <laughs> Jamie's head. Catelyn, being um scared of the blood magic from Melisandre that we'll talk about later, um, mm-hmm. that she witnesses with Brienne, she's just like, you know what? Get Brienne, take Jamie, and I want my daughter. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, she's like, you take him, you make sure I get my daughters back. But guess what? Now that leaves a Northman, the, all the Northmen who wanted Jamie dead. Now they have to deal with the fact that the head of the Stark family that they serve just let the man whose family is responsible for killing the patriarch of the Stark family get away. And they have nothing to show for it. Plus, Jamie killed one of them while he was in camp. So Caitlyn is like, she's like, Caitlyn has already like made everyone pissed at her and her son is supposed to like lead these people. And then what does he do? Cause now he's pissed off at his mom. He's pissed off at the world. He's pissed off at everybody. He runs into the first woman who shows him some love. And this is what we get. <laughs> Caitlyn Stark and Rob Stark yes. strikes again. God yes. damn. What a breakdown there, Portia. <laughs> I mean, I can't even be mad. You really did bring it back around to Catelyn. Um, and that's funny. I didn't even realize that that's really why she let Jamie go. Because we kind of skipped over the fact that Renly Baratheon gets killed by this shadow man who crawls out of a woman's legs. 
The shadow monster. She, she didn't even mm. see the part where it came out of somebody. She just saw the part where she was sitting there talking to Rinley. And next thing she knows, stab, stab. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> that shit was so smooth, too. Like, it just rolls in. Her and Brienne yapping away. Rinley, you know, everyone having their conversation, whatever. That shit just comes in. It's like, game over. Like, doop, doop. And, you know, two quick ones. Rinley's down. And she's out. I mean, but, it was just as bad as seeing someone get infinity faded in front of you. Like, it's just like, oh, and how, how do you explain that? Like, oh, I was just standing here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, someone just went some like shadow, I guess, like his own shadow, maybe just yeah. like, it's like, I'm tired of you, bruh. Stab, stab. And just. <laughs> it's, it's nothing you can say. Like, what happened to Renly? Man, <laughs> what happened to Renly? <laughs> you know, what happened was <laughs> I mean and luckily like you know Catelyn is smart enough to be like girl we gotta get out of here and she like convinces yes, she convinces Brienne to be like come on like get your butts up I don't care they're not gonna believe you cause you're a woman they're already pissed at you for thinking you can fight and actually being better than them let's just dip before our heads are gone cause I'm not here for that right that's a that's a good point because if this was a horror movie, Catelyn would have been investigating, like, well, let's figure this out. Who's under the mask? You know, like we ain't got time for that. It's like she reacted about she reacted to that the way most people would and and should react. Like, yo, this is not for me. I'm not with this shits. This is not my ministry. We gotta go. And no, speaking of that, even though you did bring it all back to Catelyn, see, I want to give Catelyn props once again. Because Catelyn, once again, says, all right, we got to be out, be out, be out. You know, gets Brienne, like, okay, get the best y'all got, because Renly's done, so let me just take Brienne with me, because she the best y'all got. Keep her moving, come back, runs into her dumbass son, making dumbass moves again, talk about he's going to marry this shorty he just met on the battlefield, and it's like, blah, 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 blah. You know, he doesn't want to stop. I'm going to marry her in the woods. You know, and, he's, and she even tells him, you want all that romantic stuff. What's the name? The car start tells him. Just the dumbest move you could make. It's like, don't, don't blame Catelyn. She's just trying to control her dumbass kids, you know, birth fathered by her dumbass <laughs> husband. So don't, you know, don't blame her for just trying to keep it under control. But see, that's also that's still also my problem with her as well. Yes, I feel you that you shouldn't blame her for trying to keep her silly ass children under control. But then why does she have the same smoke for her silly ass children like she has for John? Your silly ass children is the mm-hmm. reason why you in half of the mm-hmm. situations you in. You need to rein them in. What's your problem? John ain't do nothing but 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 be. I can't even say John did nothing but be black because he ain't black. But, but John have did black nothing. hair and look like a Stark. He ain't do nothing but stand there and and, and pledge to Castle Black. What's the problem? Yeah, and it, I mean, I'm gonna stand by my Catelyn comment. And I'm what I do want to say is like I do give her props for being smart enough to see. Um, to be the person that Brienne needed, because when it, even whenever they go out in the woods, um, they're running away from the shadow monster. They have a moment to themselves, and Brienne is like, "I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to go. I just want to like re- like seek revenge for Brinley." And Catelyn's like, "Girl, look, it's just not going to happen. Like nothing you're going to do by going back to them is going to help you. They're going to just hunt you down. What you should do is come with me." I can make sure that you have some kind of level of protection and make my son take you on within his ranks. And she's like, I don't even know your son, but you know what? Since you got me out of the situation, I will pledge my allegiance to you, Lady Catelyn. That was the best thing that ever came Mm -hmm. 
from Catelyn Stark besides the kids that I like for, of hers. Other than that, <laughs> I'm good. Because Catelyn had, she raised these kids. Like, her kids are dumb, not only because of freaking Ned, but because of her, too. And of all, like, like Tatiana just said, for all the heat that she had for John, where was she stopping her kids from being dumb? She was nowhere. She was, a, she was telling, she was encouraging their dumbness. I just feel, I just feel like just have equal opportunity smoke for all your dumbass kids, yes. okay? Yes. I mean, no one's gonna learn if you if, unless you you're fair about it. Yes. I just I just need somebody to give me that gif of Rickon crushing nuts. One <laughs> 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 of the dumbest things. Like Brand is over here making important ass decisions, dealing with grown men <sighs> and dealing with them fairly and kindly. The grown men are respecting them, and Rickon just sitting to the side crushing nuts. With a rock. Could you just? I mean, could you just imagine being in that household? That's the other thing that I go back to: being in a household where, like, you're like one of maybe two level-headed people. People, and you just have all of this just uselessness around you. It's like you don't even have nobody you could confide in. Like you'd be asking questions and they'd just be like, You want a walnut or a cashew? Like, I don't <laughs> care. It gives like a literal definition to these nuts. Like just a whole <laughs> like just a whole family of nuts. And I'm I'm good. Like, speaking of a family of nuts, let's talk about Sansa and her predicament. Because she's a nut in King's Landing. Mm. So, (laughs) so she's still in King's Landing, right? During all this. Oh, and this is this whole situation where her and Joffrey heating up. Yes. Oh gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, like I, I I try and not blame Sansa because she started off, you know, with this dream in her eyes that just got ruined and crushed, and continues to get ruined and crushed. I will say one of my favorite moments like throughout the series is the moment between her and the Hound when King's Landing is about to be sat. The Hound has said, F it all. He's like, fuck you, Joffrey. Straight to your face. What up with it? You know, keep it moving. Bounces and then is found in Sansa's room drinking away. And he tells her one of the illest speeches in Game of Thrones history to me when he tells her, look at me. You look at killers mm-hmm. like I'm a killer. Two chains. You know, Joffrey's a killer. Your brother is a killer. I mean, he comes with balls. Yeah, like, to me, you said I'm, your I'm, I'm a killer. Use Any sons that you have, yep. they will be killers. Killers. The world is run by killers. Like, I always want to use that on a mixtape. <laughs> but if, like, Wu-Tang dropped that on an album, it'd be perfection. <laughs> but, yeah, that's one of my favorite moments of her. And that's when she... I think really made the change towards the signs that we see later, you know, goes from Jean Grey to start becoming Dark Phoenix. I mean, she has to go through a lot more dark times to get there. But that's the real beginning where she finally realizes and wakes up from this dream world she's been living in and like, okay, I have to do something for myself. I can't just get played in this game. Yeah, I feel like the other thing that I like, so this is all in the Battle of Blackwater episode. Um, I think mm-hmm. that I'm like I'm gonna go to the book a little bit for um I really like how they show exactly how the hound got to the point where he was like, F this, I'm out because mm-hmm. he has a deep integral fear of fire. His face mm-hmm. is the way his face is, because his brother the mountain, when um the hound was like five or six, just dared to play with one of the mountain's toys. And the mountain just shoved his face into the fire. No repercussions. Mm-hmm. Like, 
your face is like, I did that to your face. This is what you're going to look like for the rest of your life. Parents said nothing. Life goes on. So, mm. um, when, Cold world. yeah. So whenever he's sitting on the, on that battlefield, he just saw all these ships get taken out by a uh, wildfire. Men are running up to him, their bodies on fire. People are running around, shoving people into fire, arrow, fire arrows. Like someone is about to kill him who is on fire and somehow someone else mm-hmm. takes him out. He's That's just his moment where he's just like, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm too traumatized. I do not care about this family. I don't care about this king. I've got to go. And the person that he seeks out is the only Stark in King's Landing because he believes in their mission in a way like he's as wrongheaded and dumb as he knows that they are for trying to play the noble game when in this really effed up game he believes in them Mm -hmm. and he'd rather serve them by you know taking Sansa back to her family getting that inroads and just hanging out with them than he would be with the Lannisters so I see that's a really good character turning point for him I know definitely and like you said it's all in there and uh even Littlefinger even tells that story to Sansa in the very first time she sees them. And she tells him how, I mean, he tells her how he got burned and how his brother did that to him. So we all know that. And then when you see the fire and also that wildfire mm-hmm. moment is such a moment. Yeah, in visually. The show too, yeah. Because it, visually, and it really turns into a horror movie because you really hear all these men screaming and burning and dying and the horror even on Tyrion's face because he unleashed this craziness. And then you see Joffrey like enjoying it, you know, and it's all these, yeah. uh, and even the little, the dude who gave him the fire is also happy. The maester. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, what was, the what those guys called? The, the pyromancer the is, is what they were called under yeah. the Mad King. The pyro, yeah. yeah. And so the pyromancer is sitting there like, ooh, light him up, light him up. But these you are know? people and who have just, issues, who they uh, want, literally want to see the world burn. They, they are... <laughs> They, you know, they're arsonists. So, like, they they are happy to see that something they hadn't been able to use in such a long time is now being in use and is causing mass chaos. Johnny Storm Party. Like, that's what they need. So, you know, that happens. You know, it works out for a second, but Stannis is still rushing the King's Landing. Tyrion goes out to fight because Joffrey can't deal with it. Cersei's back underground with Sansa telling her about how she's going to get raped and how terrible everything is going to be and blah, Ugh. blah, blah, you know, and then Cersei, Cersei had no fear. As much as I'm a defender of Cersei, this, this moment is when I really lost respect ben, for her. Like, that was when fucked up. She takes, this moment? Right, this moment? No, no, not with Sansa. No, but... No, not even with Sansa. That didn't bother me. Nah, that was whatever. No <laughs> girl gotta grow up. It's the rough world. What what really bothered me is after that when she takes Tommen, my man's. Oh yeah, my man's, and is, and is about to feed this man poison because she thinks that the castle is about to be overrun. Instead, her father bursts into the room. She drops the poison, and that's like it never happened. And she's saved by Tywin, who comes in like the big boss right. that he is. Now, what was this? But that moment, so yeah, so, so Portia, what was that the significance of her trying to intending to kill uh, Tommen? <laughs> Please so, explain. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to think about how one thing that we can like we get throughout. I don't hear them talk as much about it in the show. We get it a mm-hmm. lot in the book, 
I think we get it a lot in other fandoms as well. Um, and even in just like general public discourse, um, they, people always gender poison as a women's drug, woman's drug. They'll say like, you know, Mm. that's kind of like, and that kind of clues you in on what's happening when, um, Joffrey kills over because like people automatically Mm. think it's Tyrion, but it's like, no, like it's a woman's drug. And then you're like a a woman's woman's weapon, a woman, woman's weapon. Um, so that's you know like that kind of clues you in but i think that shows like to even go back further back like she has a prophecy that her kids are gonna die they're like golden be their crowns golden be their shrouds so she uh, the prophecy as far as she can tell it which was told to her when she was like 11 years old means that her kids will all attain the throne at some point but they will all die um and the woman who predicted all of this also predicted that Cersei's brother would kill her, um, younger brother. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, technically, Jamie is also her younger brother, but she never suspects Jamie. Yep. She's always suspecting Tyrion. And so from the moment Tyrion mm-hmm. is born, she pinches him. She's, she's like the worst person ever to him because she's already had that prophecy in her head um and he's already he already does not look like what she and her perfect golden brother look like so she's ready to just take everything that she hates out on her brother um which i hope comes back to bite her but we shall see in this final (laughs) season um so but her being ready to poison her kid before the prophecy even says like it's not even the way the prophecy says that he's supposed to go because she like it shows you how much like she actually seriously believes in this prophecy but she also feels like her only if her only resort is to kill her kid or whatever and to take matters in her own hands she will do it that's just how Cersei rolls she will take things that matters into her own hand and do what she wants to do so you're telling me Okay, so it still doesn't sound to me there's a reason. It's just a power play for her. Like, it's she'd like, rather it be, it, it's like, not on her watch. If my kid's going to die, I'm going to kill him. Like that? Yep, yep. Bitch, that's what? Why called, that's why she called Joffrey. In, that's why she called Joffrey to come back into the palace. Because she won. She knows what kind of kid she raised. That kid ain't, is no good for fighting. That kid is no good for putting on a brave face. So, of course, she calls that kid to come back in from being king. Because yeah. she knows that she has the power to make him come back in. And he does it. So, same for her other kids. She knows that she doesn't... She didn't give them the range. I've always thought that she was doing that because she wanted to potentially save him from any future, like, torture or something like that. Sure. But also, like, who's going to take him out? I am. I have the power to take him out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cersei's like most black mothers. You know, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out of it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm not gangster. I respect her gangster. I'm not giving her that much. Yeah, but like I said, that moment really lost me. That was not one of my favorite moments ever for my homegirl. I was not feeling that just because I love Tommen and, and he's got like just the worst luck of anyone <laughs> on. Well, not not anyone on the show because everyone has terrible luck on the show. But poor Tommen just is there. Yo, you know, he's like Rakan. I can't wait till we get to his episode. Woo. Man, he's actually a better person than his. Yes. Like both Tommen mm-hmm. and Marcella are good kids. Yeah, yes. Joss is yep. a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's super fine. Yeah, and the, Cersei knows it, you know. The, but she the incest just... gene skipped them. 
<laughs> that's facts. Like, I'm not trying to be funny. That's facts. <laughs> the incest oh. gene skipped Marlena and 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 Tommen. That's why they fine. That's why they got no issues. That's why they they're more or less balanced. Yo, it's so funny. Uh, lately, I've been reading like the Game of Thrones wiki, and I was reading about Aegon and the whole Mad King and his mm-hmm. whole era and his whole rule and mm-hmm. everything he went through. And my man had a rough ass life too. Like he didn't just become the Mad King. I thought it was because of the incest and stuff. It's like nah, that man had a you know terrible life before the Mad mm. King stuff started like, hitting him. To be, there are some. Like, there are some family members that do have madness mm-hmm. that show that, like, it usually is something that is, like, a catalyst that brings it out. Mm-hmm. And it's the same. I feel like it's the same with him. Like, he doesn't necessarily show signs before, but there are, like, is there's a latent, like, desperation that, mm-hmm. like, all it takes is just the right thing to, like, jump it off. And he's just, like, there. Man, well, the right things happened for him. I don't know what the jump off was for Joffrey, though. That boy was just twisted from the moment he came up out. He was told his whole life. He was told he could never have to say no. No one would ever say no to him. He's like the Mm -hmm. ultimate amount of white privilege. (laughs) Joffrey's like Captain White Privilege. I know a lot of people don't don't aren't with the uh, corporal punishment anymore at this day and age, but if anyone ever (laughs) needed to get his get a beating. Yes, it was. I mean, Tyrion gave him that slap. Oh, that was that was oh that was beautiful. Arya knocked that sword out his hands, and he thought he was about something with the metal sword, and she had her little wooden sword. It was like, yes. No, but when Tyrion slapped him, I can't stand the mewling of women. (laughs) (laughs) You know that's that's like. You know, that's, that reminds me of the satisfying slap, like Loki getting slapped by Hulk. Like, it's just like, shut the fuck up, bro. Take this L. Hold it. Was like, it was like when uh, Mike Tyson's punch out and little Mac is fighting Mike and he jumps up and punches him. Like, Tyrion, I like, jumped up and slapped the living life out of this little kid. Oh, man. There's so oh. much child abuse in this show. Okay. Like, just from. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning. Uh, talk about it. I mean, is, is this, this much Kelly, child like... abuse in the books, or is the show just pouring it, turning it up to ten? Um. Yes, Theon uh, murders two kids by burning mm-hmm. them to death. Yes. Um. Who else? What? Yes, Craster. Yes. Yes. Uh, who else? A brand getting knocked out the window. Yes. Like yes. yes. Um. All the kids who are. It's, it's even worse because there's a place called Flea Bottom in King's Landing where all the, like, orphan kids are, basically. Like, and they're, mm-hmm. like, pickpockets and stuff, and they're getting abused. Like, it's just... it. I, that's why I don't get why the show went so hard on the rape stuff later because it's, like, there's already enough, like, hurt going on in the series. We don't necessarily need you to make it go this far. I mean, we also saw what all of the Baratheon bastards get rubbed out in one sequence, like a Godfather sequence, like, you know, all these little kids getting killed. So, yeah, kids have a rough on this show. I mean, everyone has a rough on this show. It's a very rough show about a very rough world. So, you know, you either win or you die. And uh, I think that's about it for season two. Did we miss any big, important moments? The only thing I want to highlight is Arya 
and her kill list mm-hmm. and how she ends up getting the token that she needs to yep. end up in Bravos later on. Yes. Um, mm. So what had happened was that she was on the march towards um, the, um, the Night's Watch or Castle Black um, because the Castle Black guy saw her in the crowd, recognized who she was, and was like, we're going to take you to your brother in Castle Black because that's the safest place for you right now as far as I can tell. So they're going to travel from King's Landing all the way um, past Winterfell, right? Um, the thing is, is there's so much different wars and stuff going on along the way because, like, Lannisters and the Starks are fighting. Um, the Freys are being ridiculous with the freaking like bridge passages. The Tullys mm-hmm. are joining the Stark fight, and that's all in the middle of the King's Road, where everyone's gonna have to meet up sooner or later. So, on the way through, they get stopped by the Lannister troops. Um, they ransack the Night's Watch train. They kill people, and the people that the Lannister troops are, they're actually the mercenaries and they don't give two crafts about anybody. So they're sitting over there about to kill everyone. Um, and the guy who saved Arya actually dies, but, and one of her friends that she made along the way gets tortured, but she's lucky enough along with Gendry and Nick hot pie to like make it out. <laughs> hot pie. <laughs> and along with this, like with them, the Night's Watch had taken some uh, three people who were supposedly like the worst of the worst of the prisoners that were in King's Landing. They're in a cage and they're all like cuffed to it and there's no way they can get out of it. And there's a fire that's lit and the ransacking of this like troop of people going to the Night's Watch. Arya can't stand the idea of them being burned alive so she rescues them so that and um and that that gives her like um a hand over these three people one of them comes up to her later while they're um at heron hall where lord tywin has like taken up for a second while he's trying to like plan out his battles against Mm -hmm. sarks um and he catches her there and he's like hey since you saved me and two other people I now owe you three lives. And so Arya, who had already started to like put together her list of people that she wanted dead, now has an outlet for people that she wants dead. Um, so she, t- I think she kind of like in the books, cause she's again, I know this is like a thing that we shouldn't, I should let go, but she's really young and she's not thinking things through. Um, she decides that the first person she wants dead is the guy who tortured one of her friends whenever they ransacked her camp. So she sends the guy after him. A couple of days later, that guy falls from the ramparts of the castle where they're at, mysteriously. But Arya looks up and she sees the guy that talked to her sitting not too far from where the guy fell. So she's like, oh, that's my kill. That's one of my kills. Mm. So I think it was partially that she was testing it out to see if he would actually do it. And partially, like, she really just hated that guy for what he did. Um, so she, he kills another person for her. And then after Tywin leaves, someone else comes in and they're really awful and they seem like they're going to like um, rape all the kids. And yeah. And Arya's like, you know what? I got to get out of here. So she talks to the guy and he's like, I'm leaving. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm out. And she's like, but I need, you still owe me. And he's like, you got to figure that out then. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to name your name. And that leads to him being like, 
I have to make you unname my name. What can I do? And she's like, you have to rescue me and my friends. So he helps her and her friends get out and free from whoever took over that camp or whatever. Mm -hmm. But before he leaves her, he gives her a coin. And he says, if you're ever in a need um, to go to a a post where a Bravosi man is, Mm -hmm. hand him the coin and say, Valor Mahalas. And that's how Arya is set up to live her new life later on in the series. That was the beginning of mm-hmm. Arya the gangster. Yes. I mean, the beginning of Arya gangsters from the very first episode when she's introduced and she tells her dad, I don't want to be a lady and give me a sword. I'm ready to kill people. Okay. <laughs> so Arya's always been on it, but I love that moment. I love um, my man, the man with no name, the man with no face. And I love the first incarnation of him, the actor who's playing him, just does such an amazing job with yes. that. Like, with his whole, just his whole mannerisms, everything, the way he moves and talks, the way he just seems so otherworldly. Yeah. And when he tells Arya at the end, when he's like, look, you know, being a dancing man is dope, but being a man who can change faces is something else. And for that, you're going to have to come to the island, which intrigues Arya even more. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we see later on, that leads on to one of her biggest moments in the series. But I, like I, we said, Arya the gangster, that's from day one. Uh, this is facts i also i I also agree with you with how that character uh just brought in another dimension to game of thrones as as a series and really like that person represents the upside down because it's just like something totally left field completely out there from what everybody's used to like there's all sorts of fantastic things happening there's 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 now, at this point, rumors of dragons coming back and all this other stuff. You get White Walkers. No one really believes they're there. But then you have a whole nother lane where it's guys like, yeah, I'm everybody and no one. Mm-hmm. Like that, that has to, the level of intrigue that that injects into the series and then inject it for me to like, wait, well, first of all, what do you mean? <laughs> and secondly, show me what you mean. So to have a character like Arya that is probably the most open of all the Starks, just in terms of uh, being open to other cultures, being open to other understandings and faiths and things like that, like, that's the perfect match. So I love seeing that journey with her. No, definitely. And uh, Hagar, is that how you say it? Hagar? Mm-hmm. Hagar. Yeah, Jack, I loved it's him. It's like Jack and Hagar. Yeah. Gengar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Jack, Jack Wing, Hagar, whatever. Yeah, such, such a dope character. I was hurt when he switched his face and was like, I'm out. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I really was. It was such a, it was such an ill moment. Just like we, you know, the dragons in the first season, mm-hmm. and but still, I was like, ah man. And then we also had like the final moment of this season, which is also right up there with the first season's ending with the dragons. Is the introduction of the whole White Walker army, which was just so ill the way it was done. You know, you hear the three horns for the first time, and then the White Walker army just appears. You see the big dog White Walkers. You see the whites. You see everything. You see that they are this force to be reckoned with. And then, whap, season over. Yep. Yeah, That's just oof. the setup. Like they know how to set us up. I think that like the one thing that anno- like annoys me that did not transfer over is that the name for the white walkers who are like the big night walkers are like is white mm-hmm. walkers the little ones yep. are called whites but i guess they thought that yep. because it sounds like whites that they people wouldn't figure it out 
Oh. Oh no, people they they still called them whites. Like in most of the lore and online, people yeah. called them whites. Yeah, but I feel like fan, like TV whites. TV show fans don't though. Um, because oh, they don't know the distinction true. between the two, because we they don't really use it in the yeah, show. True. Well, that's that's yeah. a good point, Portia, because I've I've used the term interchangeably. I didn't mm. really quite understand that they were meant to mean for two different, I guess, mm. types of monsters. Yeah, yeah, because the White Walkers are the blue-eyed things that are like touch like Craster's kids. That the ones that can, yeah, the ones that can create other ones. Yes, and actually seem to be more intelligent. And have a purpose, while the whites are just the ones running around dead people who just rise and join the army. Yeah, the one that they took to Cersei and came out of the box all, all mm-hmm. messed up. The zombies, basically. The skeleton men. Whatever. Ooh, that scene, though. Oof. I can't wait to <laughs> watch that one. Yo, and that one came out that. Cause I, I, we'll, we'll talk about that later, though. But, um, yeah, as always, make sure you subscribe to Castle Black You know, on Instagram, on Twitter. Follow us at Castle Black Pod on iTunes, on everything out there, Spotify, it don't matter, SoundCloud, follow For All Nerds to make sure you get Castle Black Pod in your ear holes every week. Mm-hmm. And we have no questions. It, it, the mm-hmm. inbox is stark. <laughs> oh, God. It, it's empty. Ba-dum. So, yeah, pretty much. So please hit us up. Contact at forallnerds.com. If you have any questions for me, for Portia, for Tatiana, please hit us up. Let us know what you think of Castle Black Pod, what you want to see here from Castle Black Pod, and uh, anything else before we get out of here. Make sure you follow us at Tatiana King, you guys. At DJ Ben Amin. At Portia underscore Avi. And as Ben Amin said, make sure you're hitting us up contact at forallnerds.com make sure you're following us on the twitters at castle black and as always if you like what you hear you want us to do some more with this show you want to see this live or any other thing you can imagine if you can and we would appreciate it please support us through our patreon patreon.com slash forallnerds <laughs>